0: Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Dr. Susan Smith Kuzmarski. Dr. Kuzmarski is trained as a cultural anthropologist. She is also the best-selling author of The Sacred Flight of the Teenager, A Parent's Guide to Stepping Back and Letting Go, and her most recent book, Becoming a Happy Family, Pathways to the
1: Family Soul.
0: Hi, Susan. Welcome to Family Confidential.
1: Hi, Annie. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, thank you very much for making the time. You know, um, I was intrigued by the title of your book and I want to talk about the idea of a happy family and specifically about the soul of a family. it's, It's not a word you hear in conjunction with family very often. And I'm wondering if you could just start off by giving us a definition of what is the soul of a family?
1: Very simply, the soul of the family is the sticky glue. It's that bond, it's that connection. And I discovered uh, doing my interviews for the book that there's a feeling of energy that comes with this concept of the soul. I have to admit, it took me a long time to figure out what the soul of the family was. I um, was doing the PR rounds for a previous book, The Sacred Flight of the Teenager, and a panel of teens uh, was interviewing me in North Carolina, I believe, and one 14-year-old boy said, how can we really make the best of what little time we have together? And he stumped me, I have to say.
0: Wow. Um, I That's took, a profound question.
1: Yeah, it really was, especially for a 14, 15, uh, 14 or 15 year old young, uh, young man and, or, or, a, or, a, or a teenager. And, mm-hmm. I gave it two tries uh, uh, previously, and I couldn't nail um, this concept of the soul of the family, but was very determined. And finally, when I interviewed intensively, I'd say 25, 30 uh, individuals across all ages, I was able to to sort of nail it. And that's what it is. It's this energy, this bond that we share in our group. So it's...
0: It's the you see the stickiness, the energy and the bond now that changes because families change and grow. Um, we've got new people who come into a family through birth, through marriage, um, remarriage, we have um, people that we lose, and I'm wondering um, you know how your definition accommodates those transitions:
1: Well that's a, a spectacular question. Oh thank uh- you. <laughs> It really sort of hits the heart of of this new definition of family, and I can describe it two ways. First, as you suggested in your question, it's a uh, constantly changing, uh, evolving group of people, and it's not just um, relatives anymore. It's uh, special people. Of course, it's in-laws. It's friends. Um, It may even be a soul friend. It could be a co-worker or a colleague, and of course, always a family pet, I was taking a walk this morning with our golden retriever, Finnegan, who we've had now for 13 and a half years, and he clearly is a very cherished member of our group. Absolutely. So uh, it's this constant change. It's evolving. It's um, incorporating new people. It's not just relatives anymore. And I have to add, too, if you look at a a Pew research study that came out uh, uh, just a couple months ago. Only 46% of all kids live in a traditional family. So that's evolving as well. The other 54 is a combination of blended families, uh, singles, which is uh, actually single people, uh, people cohabitating and same-sex. They put them all in there. And then uh, finally, the last 5% are kids who live with grandparents. So you have this huge uh, shift occurring um not just in um in the details of, of the composition of the family, but also the very interesting people who come in now and they're people who we simply feel close to.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm thinking um during these transitions there is a core of something that um let's say maybe the the caregiver or the facilitator or the person who is the keeper of the flame, so to speak, um Keeps intact that, you know, you hear about parents who, who try to counsel and, and um, help their children through transitions, mm-hmm. um, you know, a new marriage, etc. I can I could just hear in, in my head the voice of a parent that says, um, yes, you are going to have a new stepdad, but what you and I have together will not change. Mm-hmm. And we have enough love to um, include someone else in that and And so I'm wondering, um you know what tips do you have for for that person who says okay i I'm the care keeper I'm the keeper of this flame here. What do I have to do to make sure that the soul of my family through whatever transitions, especially the teenage years when 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 kids seem to be wanting to spend less time often with their parents and gravitating towards their peer group how How do you keep that?" soul alive and well and um, nurturing?
1: Well, it's it's, again, it's a great question. And there's something that's really key in all families, and that's called the caregiver. Uh, The caregiver, I found from my research, is the champion of the soul of the family. And every highly functioning family has a great caretaker. The caretaker does a number of really important things. I call them the four C's. They bring the group closer together. They connect the group. They really kick in when there's a change and conflict. Uh, in addition, they focus in on uh, in each individual and their needs and sharing with the entire group what's going on with that individual. Uh, often they're a role model, as they were with my grandmother, who lived to be 93. She clearly was my role model and the caretaker. And lastly, they're an individual who focuses in on on traditions and holidays and making those happen because they're so critically important to the group.
0: Wow. From that definition, I just realized that that's who I am in my family.
1: It's interesting. Uh, my mother was, and then she passed away two years ago and we're fumbling a little bit now. I have two brothers and, uh, two sister-in-laws and we're sharing it. Um, and you know, we're, we're giving it our best shot. Uh, -hmm. I, I had a, a um, oh a fifty something man send me an email a couple weeks ago, and he'd read the book, and he said, uh, "Gosh, I realize I'm the caretaker. It was it had been a very frustrating role for him because it was underappreciated, and he realized uh, that he had to reward himself because he wasn't getting the reward from the other family members." So I found that very interesting and noteworthy. Um, and uh, it's so fascinating, in our nuclear family now, I have to say that one of our sons, we have three, three adult sons, one of our sons has stepped in to play this role, which I find wonderful uh, within our own nuclear family. So it can be anyone, uh, and I think that's an important point.
0: I think it's interesting, as you referenced the, the letter from, from the gentleman about um, not feeling appreciated. <clears throat> I think that what's probably true is that um, people who are the beneficiaries of this caretaker's um, nurturing of the soul of the family really are appreciative, but maybe they don't voice it. And and um, I think your advice to him was just brilliant. The idea of you've got to um, essentially acknowledge yourself for what you're doing and, and reward yourself when you look around, for example, at... Um, a gathering that you've organized around a table. And yeah, there was a ton of work involved. You got all these people here and, and you made something very special. Um, I call those making memories for people. And it's um, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it does matter always that you, you feel appreciated, but I think the greater thing is to, to recognize that um, you've done something really special, that it has lasting value for everyone that's there and wow that's a really special role to have
1: it really is I was describing it to one of my interviewees and she said oh that's me I'm the family (laughs) caretaker and uh, she then went and she opens one of the chapters with this beautiful quote that in this sort of self-realization that that was her and how important it was so you're totally right on that
0: well now I have a question if if you didn't have a role model like your grandma and then your mom Um, how does one learn to nurture the soul of their family if they didn't grow up with a particularly um, strong role model to know how it's done
1: well I was trained as a cultural anthropologist and I asked that very question to my interviewees and uh, I didn't know know, what was going to come out of it but uh, looking at all of the transcripts and the data there were six soul strengtheners that came out and uh, trying to piece in, piece them all together uh, and, and 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 present them in a way that was very meaningful to to families and and parents and grandparents and kids. They 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 spell the word the the first of each spells the word hearts. The H is for humor and it clearly is a very important um, strengthener within the family. Uh, And it's fascinating if you look at children and measure or or record how often they laugh, they laugh about 400 times a day. (laughs) Adults have, have lost a little bit of this. They only uh, laugh 15 times a day. Oh, I laugh way more than
0: that. I tell jokes so I can laugh.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, that's wonderful. Uh, And the message is, uh, you know, to laugh long and loud and often and, Laugh till you have to gasp for breath. And if you know people who make you uh, laugh or happy, hang out with them. Uh, and the key is uh, if you make someone else happy, it'll make you happy too. So that's the H. Um, H is for parts. humor. Okay. The E is for emotion and meaning speak from the heart. And we need to get really good at that, that, that E. It's being compassionate. I define compassion as being in the heart of another person. And I discovered in this research that it's not just enough to have the compassionate thought. You have to take compassionate action. What does this look like? It means cooking a (laughs) home-cooked meal for a neighbor uh, who's in need, lend a listening ear, walking an elderly person across the street. So it's it's taking action and, and expressing merriment because in families, I describe it as a sort of dance between the merry and the weary. And emotion is just so important uh, as, as a strengthener. The A of hearts is for acceptance, one of my favorite. Accept people just the way they are. We often try to change them and just, just engage in acceptance. Uh, the R is for renewal and how do we renew ourselves as a family. It's so important. Uh, What emerged again from the interviews was uh, the importance of travel, of music, of food and how it can be renewing and coming together around food. And I think the most fascinating finding was the importance of community service uh, in renewal. I mean, in uh, as a strengthener in, in bringing us together. If families can focus in on the on helping other people. That's just a great source of togetherness and renewal. And then the T of hearts is a coming together. And I like to describe it as both coming together quietly. I think one of my favorite things to do with my dad was to go out on the patio at night and listen to the crickets and not really talk too much. Yes. And then coming together in sort of a big, loud, boisterous, Get-togethers, and I'm sure um, your listeners can recall when you have a celebration, either a birthday party or around some holiday, it gets rather loud. Well, that that form of togetherness is really important. And then the S, uh, the S of hearts, is struggle. Struggle is everywhere. It can uh, often be resolved, or sometimes it uh, ends in detached love. It always is a teacher. And um, it's something that uh, we have to really work at in terms of trying to forgive uh, forgive other people. So those are the H E A R T S, and how we well, can strengthen our family. So
0: much wisdom in in what you've just said, and um, and it's it's very doable, and that's what I like. I like I like um, moving from kind of the heady theoretical to well, what can I. I what can I do as a member of this family um, to have more of what we all want? And, and um, I'm glad that, that you've given us some action steps here because it's, um, it, I, I really feel that home is in a way an oasis. Family is an oasis. There, there is so much that is um, uh, challenging to be out in the world and that idea of I'm home that idea of you know I, I'm with people I, I love I trust I care about and I can I can be my authentic self here and and get sustenance from them and help them renew themselves. It's um it's pretty special to to be part of a family.
1: I like your words, Annie, because if we can visualize um, our ancestors and uh, Native Americans would gather around the powwow and. Uh, our, our, our people coming over to the along the Oregon Trail would would uh, gather in the evenings in a circle or uh, if they're covered wagons, and they really had an opportunity to sort of support, exchange ideas, uh, a place to gather and connect and restore, and you know that's what's really important, and we really have to focus in on how to do that. So when you use the word oasis, I love it. <laughs>
0: Well, I think now more than ever, you know, we, we need connections and I think it's kind of ironic in a way, Susan, when we talk about, um, how many friends we have on Facebook or Twitter followers and how kids spend so much time, quote unquote, connected with their peers. When I think in many ways, um, these are not necessarily connections that nurture them.
1: Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, we could probably talk at length of the importance of direct contact and 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 really um, focusing in, for example on listening to people. Uh, our oldest son had this um, this uh, habit let 's call it when he discovered someone wasn 't listening to him, he would stop talking, and I always admired him for that, <laughs> even though it was quite unusual, but the importance of um, of listening deeply and um, uh, uh, and 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 looking for indicators if people are listening, mm-hmm. and and um, uh, just this deep talking, I think, and, and selfless listening are so important.
0: It's it's really important work, and I thank you very much for um, being so dedicated in in doing it. I also wanted to give us um, our our listeners and viewers an opportunity in this last minute or so to. Um, Find out more about where they can learn about your work and your book.
1: Yeah, two ways. Of course, there's always Amazon.com and going to Becoming a Happy Family, Pathways to the Family Soul. And secondly is my website, uh, and it's called sacred, S-A-C-R-E-D, flight, F-L-I-G-H-T com. Great.
0: Thanks again, Susan. I appreciate this time together.
1: Thank you, Annie. I want to give you some descriptive praise because... You're an educator, and you're taking uh, an educator's voice out, and I feel that's so important. And you're providing, um, secondly, sort of a teaching uh, a teaching opportunity for the contemporary family. And they're hard to find, and you do it in a way through the Internet forum that I think is very reachable. So kudos to you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate your kind words. Have a good day. You too. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my parent coaching services, as well as my books and other podcasts, visit AnnieFox.com. Check out my new book, The Girl's Q&A Book on Friendship, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. It's now available in print and for Kindle. And if you like this podcast, we ask that you review it on iTunes. It may be a little thing to you, but it means an awful lot to us. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Egg Plant. Creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. And tune in next when my guest will be Amy Ambrosich. Amy is a parent educator and the founder of daretoparent.com. Until next time, happy parenting.